All right, everybody, how you doing? I can't hear you. Are you excited to be back in school? Are you excited to be back at church? I'm excited to be back at church. I, um, I, I missed you guys so much. I didn't actually, I got to speak on Sunday mornings here at River of Life, but I didn't get to speak to youth at all for the whole summer because we had guests at our rally nights, which was awesome. Wasn't the rally nights awesome? Oh, okay. They were trash. Was the rally nights awesome? Yeah, they were super fun. We had a blast, and we're going to keep building on some of that momentum. Please don't mind these individuals behind me. They are, uh, are taking some notes. All right, so they're going to take some notes and be leaders in that way. One thing we really want to see uh, here at Youth is that you guys are taking notes in physical notebooks because what happens when we do that is we really engage our brain. There's studies all over the place, um, Fortune 500 companies, Google, stuff like that. If you take notes or you just write on a piece of paper, even scribbling, drawing, different things like that, you actually engage your brain in a whole different way. So I just really encourage you guys to bring a notebook, bring a paper Bible with you, and engage in notes. Um, what we are talking about today is, is who is Jesus. All right, can you guys see that kind of? Kind of? So you guys in the back probably can't see it. That's okay. There's not a lot going to be up there tonight. We'll figure out a game plan moving forward. But the question is, who is Jesus? And I asked this question on my Instagram, and actually not very many people responded. I was kind of excited to, for the ones that did, but for all the people that saw it and just kind of thought, I don't know, Cole knows, why is he asking? That's a dumb question. I just wish that uh, you that are hearing that would have responded because I really wanted to see all of the different perspectives and the different ways you say it. Because Jesus, to me... Um, biblically and theologically should look really similar to Jesus to you, right? But, but the way that I perceive him in a moment, maybe I'm perceiving him as my friend. Maybe I'm perceiving him as the Prince of Peace. Maybe I'm perceiving him as the King of Kings, right? In all these different moments, he comes in and he is just doing a different thing in my life. And so kind of taking a different uh, who, right? Jesus is made up of all of these different characteristics, but still one person. Um, but when I went to the Bible, I, I found this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And the part that I underlined on the slide, I'm sure you can see it because it's up at the top, is that Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. So if you ask me the question, who is Jesus, my answer to you tonight would be he is the pioneer and the perfecter of my faith, of your faith, of Christianity, really. He was the first person to live out what it meant to look like Jesus, right? Because he was Jesus. So all the time we'll say, like, here at Youth, we want to be with Jesus. We want to become like Jesus. We want to do what Jesus did. I encourage you and challenge you to go out into your community, to go out to your neighbors, to your friends, to your small group, and to love well. How would I know how to do that, or how would you know how to do that if Jesus didn't first pioneer and perfect what it is to be loved to other people? So as we dive in here today... I want you all to know one thing, and that is that we are all going to leave this room changed. All right? Whether or not you engage tonight, whether or not you are just 
over it because you've got too much homework or too much going on or you fought with your parent on your way to school or on your way to youth or whatever, you are going to leave tonight changed. And that's because, leader or student, you're going to hear the truth of the gospel and you'll have an opportunity to either respond with a yes or with a no. I really regret one thing from all of, really all of my life, but of youth last year especially. And that's that there was a, a maybe too often. I felt like in some ways we gave you guys an opportunity to say like, maybe I'm a Christian, but maybe I'm not. And maybe it fits right now and maybe it doesn't. And we are in a time in, in society, in school, where you either stand at the flagpole to pray over your school or you don't. There's not a maybe. You don't like kind of do it as you walk past. You either stand outside at the school and you proclaim the truth of Jesus by praying around the flagpole or you don't. If you choose not to, I'm not here to say that you're going to hell or that there's so much shame in that. Like that is your decision for you and God. But I want you to make a decision one way or the other. I want you to be conscious of it. And I want you to know that tonight you're going to leave this room changed. When you go to small group after, we're going to have a worship song at the end. And when you go to small group, you will leave the room changed. Whether or not you want to, you will. And I get this out of the Bible. No joke, out of the Bible. Can you believe it? Out of the Bible. We're going to go to Mark chapter 10. Oh, first we're going to go to Luke uh, chapter 11. Sorry. And chapter 11 says this. As the crowds increased... Jesus said, this is a wicked generation. Oh, this is good. Let me set you up for this one a little bit here. I just had to remember where I was going. Luke chapter 11, verse 29. It's just like us. Okay, the, the people in the Bible were just like us. They wanted the exact same thing. These people specifically wanted a, a really specific sign to know whether or not Jesus was the real deal. I mean, like, like, think about it for a second, and, and we don't have to think that hard, because you've seen the, the work of Jesus in your life one way or another. Whether or not you've realized it is another thing, but the work of Jesus is all over your life. But the people there, they, they walked with Jesus, they talked to Jesus, they listened to Jesus, and they still said, I, I just need a sign that you're actually God. I just need a sign that you're actually Jesus, that Christianity is the real deal, that following you is a real thing. And Jesus said this. He said, this is a wicked generation. It asks for a sign, but none will be given except the sign of Jonah. For, the, for as Jonah was assigned to Ninevites, so also will the Son of Man be to this generation. So you know the story of Jonah, right? He's a prophet, an evangelist that was led to Nineveh to save the people, to give them an opportunity at salvation. Jonah went out there, and he just was like, here's the gospel, and gave them a chance to respond. There was no, nothing more than Jonah just, just preaching like, hey, what you're doing is wrong. Here's how to do it right. Just repent and follow God. Jesus was doing that exact same thing. He said, what you're doing is wrong. Here's how to do it right. Repent and follow God. Right? That is what God is calling us to right now. We have so much sin in our lives. There is so much stuff that is not God in our lives. I started, like, living by this, this, this thought process. I want to say motto, but I don't say it out loud. I think it every time, right? 
if it's good, it's from God. The more that I spend time with Jesus, the more I understand what good really is, right? Investing into you guys is good. And I think it's from God. It's, it's an opportunity that comes from God. Your small group leaders investing into you is a good thing, and that comes from God, right? Cheating on your test is not a good thing because it doesn't come from God. God doesn't cheat, right? You understand what I'm saying? I can't hear y'all. Still can't hear y'all. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. Good things come from God. Now, here's the opportunity that the people of Nineveh had and that we have and that the people right here in Luke 11 had when Jesus said, I am the sign. I will be the sign. I am the opportunity for you to decide whether or not you're going to follow me or you're just going to keep going and doing your own thing. And that comes in Mark chapter 10, verse, uh, which one did I say? Verse 17, okay? If you don't have a Bible, just listen real close. I'm going to read it aloud, okay? Mark chapter 10, verse 17. This is the story of a rich, young ruler. It says, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him, and he fell on his knees before him. He said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus answered, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, not give false testimony, not defraud, and to honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. Now let's stop there just for a second. The rich young ruler, this young man, walked up to Jesus. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? But he already knew that he did everything right. So why was he still asking that question? Why was he still asking a question? That, that's what I, I started to ponder a little bit. He did all the right things, just like we do sometimes, or we think we do, right? We do all the right things. We, we uh, don't cheat on our test. We obey our parents. We honor them. We follow these commandments. We didn't commit adultery. We didn't murder nobody. No false testimony means we're not lying, right? So we're doing good. But yet he still asks, I've done all these things. How, how do I inherit eternal life? He still knows there's something more because what he's missing is a relationship. He has a set of religious practices that keeps him from doing anything too crazy, but he has no relationship with God. He doesn't know Jesus yet. Jesus looked at him, and he loved him. He, he, he looked at him, and he, he, he felt the love of God for this, this individual. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have a treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now, the Bible just says, at this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad because he had great wealth. That's it. It just ends like that. So do you think that he went away and sold all his stuff and gave it to the poor? I think if he would have, he probably just would have, like, sent someone on and stayed with Jesus, right? I mean, like, why did he have to go sell it? He could have just been like, here you go, it's yours. <laughs> Flip a coin. He had a treasure already in his heart. He knew he needed relationships, so he asked. He said, how do I inherit eternal life? But he already had a treasure in his heart, and it was too big for Jesus to fit with it. Jesus said, you got to get rid of that before you can really know me. 
the dude was like, no. He didn't really say no, right? He just, just depression came over him, and he just basically said, like, how can I still have all my stuff and then go love Jesus too? How can I still have all my habits and then go love Jesus too? How can I still play video games instead of reading my Bible, turning Netflix on, carrying my pride, and love Jesus at the same time? And he knew he knew without asking. He didn't say, Jesus, like, maybe I could make it work. Maybe I could invest it really well and then still live for you. No, he was asked to lay it all down, just like we are. But he made the decision, and this is the decision that, that changes you. This is what I'm talking about. He, he didn't consciously say, no, I'm not going to follow you, Jesus. He just walked away changed. Just like you're going to walk away changed tonight. You don't have to say, no, that church thing's not for me. And like not come back next week. You can, you can still come back next week. But will the gospel have changed you? Absolutely. Will it have been for the better if you didn't make a conscious yes? No. You have to make a conscious Yes. You have to consciously say, absolutely, Jesus, I will lay down whatever treasure is in my heart right now and live for you. Because the relationship that I can have with you is so much greater than anything that I'll ever hold on this earth. And you know what? You know what my heart burns for the next generation, for my generation? It's not, it's not, it's not for the churches to be filled. It's not for more people at youth. It's not for the, the dope after parties and stuff like that. It's, that's not what it's about. I want you guys to experience the relationship with Jesus that actually transforms your life and that you won't be depressed anymore. You won't think suicidally anymore. You won't feel lonely anymore. You won't have anxiety anymore because the relationship that you have with Jesus, when you're so intentional, when you put your Bible first, when you actually open this thing, and instead of saying, God, show me a sign, you just open the book that has all the signs in it. It's right here. They didn't have this book back then, so they asked that question, and Jesus couldn't say, just open the Bible. No, but we have that book now. And I think so many times we're on our knees in our bedroom. We're like, God, are you really real? Have you read it yet? Have you, have you read it yet? Because I, I'm pretty sure he's real. I'm pretty sure the Holy Spirit moves through this book. I'm pretty sure that right now there's an area in your life that he's highlighted in your heart that you're carrying that he doesn't want you to carry anymore. And that might be a mental health thing. You might be carrying and holding on to that and saying, like, I need this as a crutch because this is just, like, it's just my thing and I'm just, I just like it. It, it. You don't like it, but you do, you know? That's how mental health plays with your brain. <laughs> and he just wants you to lay it down. It could be a pride that you have in something you're really good at. Could be a relationship with a friend that's unhealthy or a relationship with a significant other or maybe you don't have a label yet, but it's still really unhealthy. Can you lay it down? Are you going to leave the room tonight changed for Jesus or just changed and you're going to have an even heavier day tomorrow? Because I'm, I'm in it for the light day. You want to you be flying cloud nine tomorrow? Let's choose Jesus tonight, right? All right. 
This is the, the big one. If you've got notes, let's write this down. We're going to stop dodging God, and we're going to start bowing to God. We need to surrender our hearts to God. We need to bow to him. Y'all are really awesome kids, okay? We do the right things. That's one thing I love about this, this youth church. Each, each and every one of you is, 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 I'm not like thinking that you're going to go like do drugs in the parking lot or anything like that, right? You guys are like, you know what's right. You know what's good. But can I just say this one, one more time? I know I just keep saying the same thing. Can I just say this, that going on the missions trip, that inviting your friends to church, that serving and taking notes even, is all nothing if we don't have relationship to Jesus and we bow to God. There's good things. And actually, you might impact people along the way. But you're going you're, you're gonna to lose in the long run if you don't have relationship with Jesus, if you don't invite the Holy Spirit into your heart. So I'm going to invite the worship team up. we got two more slides. I'm just going to read these verses and encourage you. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in the spirit. How good is that, right? I just mentioned it a second ago. Mental health, right? Something, something messing with you. Something that's hard. Something that's not easy. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Closer than anything or anyone else can be. If you'll let him be, right? And then Proverbs 3, 5, and 8. This is our, our big takeaway for tonight. Something I really want you to stick with, okay? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. The first part of that verse is awesome, verses. But I love that following Jesus can even bring health to our body and nourishment to our bones. How cool is that? It's pretty dope. It's pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about that. Are you? I'm pretty excited that if I get into the Bible and I pursue Jesus and I have a relationship with him, that God actually promises that my body will be healthier. How crazy is that? Are you thinking about that in your daily walk with Jesus? I bet you that if you're not feeling so hot, you're taking your supplements. But are you spending more time with Jesus? I know the brain fog sickness, like you can't read a book, but you can watch Netflix for 10 hours. I get it, right? But like, could we just maybe spend time with Jesus without reading the Bible? Like you could, you could meditate, you could pray, you could listen to worship music. There's so many different ways that we can commune with God, but instead we just, we just check the box like, ah, not today, but maybe. So I'm asking you tonight to leave this room changed in one way or the, or the, or the other. Because you know it's not a conscious decision that has to be made. You can walk out of the room and not be changed. And that, that is, if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. But would you not rather walk out of this room and be changed for Jesus? Would you not rather walk out of this room and feel a health and a nourishment to your bones even? 
Because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do that. I believe that if you need healing in your body, that he wants to provide that for you. But we have to be willing to bow and we have to be willing to ask. We have to be willing to lay down the thing that is on our heart that we need to get rid of so that we can be more intentional with Jesus. What is it for you? Have you been listening to the Holy Spirit as I've been speaking? I, I know some of you have because some of you look uncomfortable in your seats. So it means that there's something on your heart, there's something in your life that he's asking you to lay down. You all kind of look a little uncomfortable. So hopefully God's moving, right? Hopefully there's that one thing and you can feel it pressing and you start to feel your pulse rise, your heart rate rise, and you start to feel the Holy Spirit move and you're willing to lay it down though. You're not going to push it under. You're not going to hold back from it, but you're actually going to lay it down today. We are so quick we're going to sing this song, Make Me More Like Jesus. We are so quick to sing, Make Me More Like Jesus. But Jesus, don't take that thing away yet. I'm still hanging on to it. Please don't let that be you tonight. We're going to hit the wrong running this year, okay? God wants to move in your generation and through your high school, and he wants to move in your families and in your lives, but we can't, we can't like, build up to it. We just need to go now. We just need to make that decision now so then we, can, then we can experience the Holy Spirit moving through our schools, our lives, our families. So as we sing this song, I, I'm going to invite you guys to stand here. You guys can get I invite you guys to stand. As, as we sing this song, altars are still open, but, but don't come up to the front quite yet. I only want you to come up to the front if, if there's something really specific that God's laying on your heart to, that you need to bow to God. You understand? If you stay in your seat, does that make you less of a Christian? No. If you stay in your seat, does that make you less of a Jesus follower? Not at all. That just means that right now there's not a specific thing on your heart, on your mind that you need to lay down. Okay? But if there's something specific... If God told you something really specific tonight that you need to lay down at the foot of the cross, then I ask you to bring it to the altar during this song. So we don't sing, make me more like Jesus, and hang on to that flesh just a little bit longer. So we don't sing, make me more like Jesus, and just try to hang on to the riches too. Okay? So we're going to jump into this song. I'm just going to pray for us quick before we do that. And then, I, again, I encourage you, if you're going to lay it down, you're going to lay it down right here. And we're going to have leaders that will pray for you. I'll pray for you. We want to be involved in your lives. But just like you need to say yes to God, you have to be willing and open to having us do that too. Father God, I thank you so much for this group of students. And I thank you for where you're going to take us this year. I thank you that you are calling us to a greater yes, even right now. And I believe that you have a specific anointing and calling on each and every one of these lives, and I believe that you're asking them to, to say yes right now. Whether they've known Jesus before or they've just figuring it out right now, you're calling them to say yes to Jesus and no more to the things that aren't of God. 
I pray for a greater sense of what is good, and I just pray on each and every heart a sense of conviction in whatever thing they need to lay down at the foot of the cross, and that, that we wouldn't be able to sing more like Jesus without saying, Jesus, heal this part of my body. Jesus, take this thing out of me. Jesus, remove those thoughts from my head. Amen. All right, as the worship team starts to play, feel free to just come up to the front. If that's you in the room tonight, and we're going to pray over you, and then I'll be up to close this out after service, after worship. <laughs>